Good morning, friends, uh, and welcome to a hasty podcast. I'm your... <laughs> I'm your uh, casual gamer extraordinaire who missed the E3 uh, week, Weston Hasty, and you're listening to a hasty podcast. That was the longest um, uh, title I've given myself. <laughs> I, I, you, you know, title, the little things that I call myself at the beginning... I didn't think of one ahead of time. I'm like, what? what is an E3-themed title I can give myself? I'm like, I'm a casual... I, I don't know. I missed it. I missed E3 week! And yet, here I am talking about it today on today's episode. Let me sip some coffee here. Mm. The coffee's actually gotten a little cold. It needs to be heated up a little bit. It's not as fresh this morning as, uh, as it so often is. But, you know... It's still coffee. Still coffee. I consume a tremendous deal of coffee day to day. It's probably, at this point, if with any luck, completely replaced my blood. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want, to, I want there to be... Is, is there a scientific reason why our blood cannot be coffee? I mean, let's think about it. <laughs> can it not? Is, can it not? Can it not transport oxygen and nutrients throughout my body? Can it? Transfusion? Can we have a coffee transfusion, please? No? Not not possible? We'll put the science on that. I'm sure there's a reason why evolution never went that direction. Probably because it's not possible. But regardless, I'm going on a bit of a side tangent. Welcome to a hasty podcast. Sometimes we talk about video games, and today is one of those days where we talk a little bit about video games, specifically games that I actually haven't played, because they're games that were announced at E3, which I said I missed. I, all last week, I was very busy, man. I was very busy, man. Not a very busy man. I was very busy, man. And uh, didn't really get the chance to watch any of it live or streamed or anything like that myself. So I've been playing catch-up. I've been playing catch-up just to try to see what's been announced. Besides, like, the one thing. The one thing that I, I am excited to hear about and see coming up. Elden Ring. That's the one thing I knew was coming eventually. I didn't know if it would be announced at E3. I didn't know that or anything like that. Well, not so much announced, but like if there would be more information on it uh, at E3. There was. They released a trailer to Elden Ring uh, at E3, like a, like a sort of gameplay cinematic trailer thing. I don't even know. And I'm very excited about it. I'm very curious to see. I'm, I'm going to talk about Elden Ring for a minute here. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll start with that. There's only a handful of games that I'm honestly interested in. Uh, personally, or at least can talk to uh, with any amount of confidence. Elden Ring is one of them that I'm very excited about. I remember picking up Demon Souls from so- uh, from from Software. From Software is the people that made the Dark Souls series that everybody knows. But they also made Demon Souls and Sekiro, as well as other stuff. But those are the, like the latest games that they're known for. And I remember picking up Demon Souls years and years ago um, at a family video to to rent. I was renting a, a, a game, and I was torn between Demon Souls or uh, Dragon Age. Uh, maybe the first one. I think it was the first Dragon Age. Uh, two very different types of uh, game. And I have a sibling. I have a brother. And so between Wiley and I, we decided to pick up Demon Souls to play. And it immediately captured our interest and our sort of imagination because it was very different from any kind of fantasy-style RPG-type thing. That's the adventure that we had ever played before. 
up to that point. In terms of its dark setting, which, I mean, dark settings have been done before, but in terms of what we had played before, it's dark setting, it's difficulty, of course, but it's weird fairness towards difficulty. It's somberness. I mentioned darkness, but it's also a very somber game. It's a very quiet game. It is a game that it doesn't mind taking its time and being very patient and forcing you to sort of come to its terms rather than it to your terms. And it just immediately captured our attention. We had it rented for like a weekend or something like that. And we didn't get past the first boss, Phalanx. The first boss, Phalanx. I don't even think we got to the first boss because the game was so wildly different from anything we had played before. We were really exploring that very first area, 1-1. And of course, we uh, we were struggling because we couldn't figure out how to level up. Like, we were collecting souls, but we didn't know what to do with them. We kept losing them because we would keep dying to something stupid. And the control scheme had a bit of a difficulty curve to it compared to other games that we had played before with its lock-on systems and it's uh, uh, combat mechanics with rolling and, and that kind of thing. So getting used to the game, getting used to its mechanics, getting used to what we needed to do, and, and uh, coming to terms with the fact that we couldn't grind our way through the first level, because you can't level up until after 1-1. One, one. You have to beat your first uh, demon, and then you can go back to the Nexus, and you can unlock the ability to actually start uh, banking those souls that you've been collecting to level up. Anyway... That's Demon Souls, which was uh, somewhat recently. Was that last year? That was last year, right? That the remaster came out. That was not two years ago. Time, time is nebulous, and I lose track of it so quickly. But the the remaster came out not terribly long ago, like a year ago or something. And I haven't picked up the remaster. I haven't picked it up. I would like to. I would. I still don't own a PS5. I would like to pick up a PS5 and uh, pick up the remaster to Demon Souls because it's been a hot minute, and I loved that game back then. And would love to play it. I've also played uh, the three Dark Souls games. I didn't ever finish the third one, but I did the first and second. Um, never picked up Sekiro, but with the oh, and Bloodborne. I didn't mention Bloodborne. I platinum Bloodborne. I loved Bloodborne. I played the crap out of Bloodborne. I can't believe I didn't uh, mention it. I played the crap out of that. Um, but Elden Ring. It's from. The From Software people, the same people that made those games. So I'm very much looking forward to playing Elden Ring. It's coming out for PS4 and PS5. January, I think it was. January 2022. I don't remember the day, but January something 2022. Um, which is very exciting that it's coming up fairly soon, actually. Which is about when I was expect when they first announced that teaser where it showed like... I don't even remember what it was. It was like the title and maybe a couple graphics or something. I don't remember. When they first teased it, I took a shot in the dark that it'd be... Uh, I don't remember, it was a couple years from when they sent the teaser, and we're right about that that deadline that I was expecting, so totally awesome. Of course, it got a ton of attention for being uh, uh, the, the some of the story, not the story, but something, the writing team included George R.R. R. Martin, uh, known for the uh, Game of Thrones fame, so... Big game. Everyone's heard of it. I'm sitting here talking about Elden Ring, but I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the open world that it's supposed to have works. How the um, the mount. You're supposed to be able to mount a horse and ride around. And how apparently bosses are going to be like avoidable or skippable. And you can do anything in any order, apparently. I'm very excited for Elden Ring. Elden Ring, I think, is my number one big sort of... Uh, game coming out of e3 of everything that i saw 
which I didn't see a ton. I, I know I missed a bunch of stuff, but out of everything, that's my that's my number one in terms of big games. I'm I'm kind of casual. I said I was a casual gamers, but that's not because like I only play specifically casual types of games. You know, I don't know, Plants and Zombies or something. It's not that I play like super casual games always, but I'm I'm very. I'm not, like, very on the nose about, like, every major game that's coming out. I don't pay attention to all the big studios. I've really stepped back in terms of gaming uh, and what I play. Back in the day, years ago, I used to try to really keep on track, uh, on top of, rather, the gaming news, what's coming out and when and and what looks good and what looks terrible. I, I try to really keep ahead of that, something I kind of got passionate about for a while, but at some point... Something switched in my brain, and I, I decided that, you know, I'm not even always excited about the newest games coming out. Sometimes I'm quite happy to find something older that's been out for a minute, but that I'd never heard of, and playing that and being like, oh, heck yeah! That way you don't have to like sit there and anticipate a game coming out for potentially years, right? Where you're, you hear an announcement for a game, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm very excited for that, and then it comes out years down the road... <coughs> cough, cough, uh, cyberpunk, you know, something like that. And then it releases and you become supremely disappointed. I'm, I'm quite happy to um, be ignorant of the latest gaming news and picking up the latest games whenever it suits me to pick them up. Quite happy to do that. Uh, but for Elden Ring, I expect it to be great. I, I expect the From Software polish to be... Top tier, I expect it to be fantastic. So I'm I'm not particularly concerned with it pulling a cyberpunk or anything like that. I just mean that typically I, I step back from from viewing the limelight. January 2022. There are other games that were announced. Uh, one of them that I don't really care anything about, but kind of worth mentioning because it's coming from Bethesda. So, oh heck, what was it called? Starfield, right? Am I, hang on. Starfield, Bethesda. It's Starfield, right? Not like Star Mine or Starfield. Okay, I've already forgotten the name. Starfield uh, announced the announcement. If you guys saw this on E3, it was so stupid because you know Bethesda. So, so Bethesda has been purchased by X, uh, by Xbox, uh, technically by Microsoft. Whatever, same thing. Um, a while ago, and so at the announcement of Starfield, Xbox definitely took an opportunity to just pat xbox on the back and be like oh yes xbox turns 20 and we're so proud to bring you the latest uh innovation in humankind and exploration of all time no like they really they really try to it's funny you watch the trailer for this starfield and there's really not much there it's some kind of space game some kind of rpg probably that, uh, you know, because it's from Bethesda, people are expecting it to be Skyrim or Fallout, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls or Fallout in style or in spirit or something like that. But this is in space. And I've heard people describe it being a little less fantasy, a little bit more realism. But like, there really isn't a lot to see there. I think the biggest news coming out of Starfield for E3, oh, again, just to talk about them patting themselves on the back, they really, they're really amping up this whole being a, 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 like the first new universe that they've built in 25 years. And I just want to, if, 
Even if that's true, that is not an accomplishment to say that you have built no new IPs or universes or whatever in 25 years. To say that you have done nothing new for a quarter century is not an accomplishment, Bethesda slash Microsoft. It is not. You're just trying to, because 25 sounds like such a cool number, you're trying to turn it into a positive. It's not. I mean, better now than later or never, I guess, but they're trying to make it sound like an accomplishment. It's like, you released Skyrim 17 billion times. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Just the whole the presentation of this game was just so silly. Um, I had another point. What was I even going to say? What was I even going to say? Starfield. Oh, yeah, the, the, the other big news coming out of it is that it's going to be Xbox exclusive, which I think is to be expected now that you know Bethesda has been purchased by Microsoft. Personally, that brings up concerns about future Elder Scrolls and future Fallout games potentially being Microsoft exclusive as well. I wouldn't, be, again, I wouldn't be surprised now that Microsoft owns Bethesda, but at the same time, since Microsoft owns Bethesda, your big Elder Scrolls games and Fallout games might still be multi-platform just because obviously Microsoft is making money off the games as well as the con their own console. So they might want those games to continue to be multi-platform, but I would not be surprised to see any new IPs or anything that comes out since the big purchase to be Xbox exclusive. And that includes, of course, Starfield. So to me, it's no big surprise that it's Xbox exclusive, although it is a bit of a bummer for someone like me who primarily PC games. Um, but when I do console game, it is on the uh, superior console, the PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> It, feel free, feel free to, to flame me for it, for all that it's worth if you want. I, I don't even play console much at all. I play PC. I wouldn't be incredibly surprised to see Starfield come out for PC eventually, big question mark. I mean, you know, Microsoft does own, you know, Windows. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. There, there is a... I've always been confused about why the window, why Microsoft didn't push the Windows Store more as a competitor to things like Steam. They they didn't push that as hard as they should have. Didn't fund it as hard as they should have. So much so that Epic, that made, I mean they've made several games, but one major popular game, Fortnite, and now they have an entire store page for or store or gaming platform basically for all sorts of games. The Epic Game Store, right? You'd think that the creators of Fortnite, with the money coming from Fortnite, you wouldn't think they would be able to compete with the infinite wealth of the entirety of Microsoft, but whatever, that's just uh, my opinion. <laughs> I get that Fortnite made a lot of money, but come on, Microsoft, you literally own Windows. Anyway, I don't know. I'm talking out my butt now. Starfield, not a lot of information there. A little disappointed that it's Xbox only, but honestly not surprised. Uh, but to flip the script a little bit and talk about a game that I'm actually quite excited for, even though I do not own a Nintendo Switch, maybe this will change my mind. I mean, look, the Nintendo Switch isn't too expensive. What can you get a Nintendo Switch for? Hang on. Nintendo Switch. What can I buy a Nintendo Switch for? What is it? $300? $400? $300? It's like $300, right? Depending on what you get or something like that. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's like $300 or whatever. I was very excited about the Mario and Rabbids game, the original one that they came out with. Now, there's a sequel. They're working on a sequel coming out sometime 2022. I don't see a month. I don't think it was announced. Sometime 2022, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Now, I'm actually very excited about this because uh, it's got 
like a tactic, a turn-based tactics strategy uh, gameplay, which, you know, very reminiscent of something like XCOM. If, if, if you're a PC game, something like XCOM, right? Turn-based strategy, that kind of thing. But it's in the Mario and Rabbids universes smashed together. And I remember the original game coming out and looking at that and thinking to myself, that actually seems right up my alley. That is my type of game that I like to play um, on my own. I don't stream that type of game. Maybe I should, honestly. I should stream those types of games on my on my YouTube. I don't, I don't usually play those types of games on my YouTube. But personally, in my own time, that is the type of game that I do enjoy playing quite a bit of. And now that there's a sequel coming out, I'm actually kind of thinking about, like, if I pick up a Switch and I get the original and then get the new one when it comes out, that's two games I'd be very excited to play. And it looks like it's got some cool movement features, maybe new abilities. I think they have an extended roster of people that you're going to be able to play as. I don't remember how many characters were in the original. I never play the original. Um, it looks like maybe there's some mystery characters that they haven't announced yet or something like that. Um, I don't have all the details, but basically uh, it's, it's a Mario XCOM game. And that, that just sounds awesome, doesn't it? I just love the idea that you know, Nintendo isn't afraid to branch into uh, genres of gaming that aren't conventional to what their IP is known for, right? Mario is a, a, a platformer character, 2D platforming, even 3D platforming, but not turn-based strategy tactic, turn-based tactic strategy, which, granted, don't get me wrong, Mario has been in, like, every type of game from... Uh, platformers to adventures to RPGs with like Paper Mario or whatever. He's been in them all, but I love the idea that they don't restrict him. Now, in Rabbids, I don't have a lot of history with Rabbids, <laughs> like at all. I remember when the first Rabbids came out on a something or other forever ago. I thought the characters always looked pretty gross. <laughs> I think they're supposed to. Very gross characters, uh, but goofy nonetheless. And I'm looking forward to seeing that come out just because I, I love the idea of that type of game uh, gaining some traction and popularity. I like seeing strategy games like that take off a little bit. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited more so <laughs> more so to see that than what everyone else is probably more excited about is the uh, Breath of the Wild 2, which uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I never... I, didn't, I don't own a Nintendo anything, so I didn't play the original Breath of the Wild. But I know and I respect how big it was. I, I respect that it was as popular as it is, and Nintendo and, and Zelda, Zelda is a very popular franchise. I respect it. I respect it. Open world, tons of things to do in it, tons of puzzles. I respect it. But for me, I don't know. It just doesn't... It doesn't... Giant open world games now with bazillions of things to do in it, don't excite me like they would have like maybe 10 years ago for for me like I get exhausted thinking about having to explore a world that's too big <laughs> I, I don't know it's it's I don't know if that's like an age thing or just a preference thing I don't know if it's because I just literally spend less time on any one game than I used to when I was younger like when I was a teenager you know I, I could devote hundreds of hours to a game that I loved and who cares what else am I doing with my time and now that I'm 
older and I've tried to fill my time up with more things that isn't just me literally playing like one video game for like 12 hours a day or something like on a weekend. Um, I don't know if it's the time thing and therefore an age thing or, or if it's just a preference thing. If I just literally don't have the gaming stamina and gaming endurance I once had, I don't know. I see a giant open world game like that and I get exhausted. Like, um, like Witcher 3 is a, op- uh, a big open world game that I remember enjoying, but it was just so much that I didn't, like, I never, I certainly never beat it. I I barely got beyond the Bloody Baron arc. And for anybody that played that game, you're probably going to be thinking that is like, you, you scratched the surface of the game. And I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot more to it or games like um what was that kingdom come deliverance i played a ton of but i feel like didn't come anywhere close to uh finishing um just really expansive games whereas something like like uh the the mario and rabbits where you can play like a few encounters or whatever and put it down and come back to it that kind of thing just seems more up my alley than like a breath of the wild type thing that being said i understand fully why people are are excited for this next Breath of the Wild. I don't even know, honestly, that in terms of Nintendo consoles, if the, if you really have giant open world games in the vein of Breath of the Wild, like you do on other consoles with giant open world things, you know, like your Elder Scrolls and your Fallouts and your um, uh, Far Cries and, you know, your your uh, uh, Ubis, uh, Assassin's Creed's, I couldn't think of it. You know, those types of games. I don't know if you have as many of those types of games on... Than like Nintendo Switch, um, in general. So I completely understand why people are stoked and excited for, of course, Breath of the Wild two. For me, it's Mario and Rabbids Sparks, <laughs> Sparks of Hope. If there's anything um, that will get me excited for, may- maybe picking up a Switch one day for giggles, uh, that would be the one. Let's see here. What else do we have coming out of E3 that actually kind of had my attention honestly those are kind of the big oh there was that um they have a new guardians of the galaxy game coming out which i'm not like a huge superhero game guy myself uh but in terms of like single player adventure style games it's always great to see those types of games getting um attention especially for a um, a potential franchise as big as Guardians of the Galaxy could be, because it's coming from Marvel, right? It's coming from Marvel. So something like that, if it continues to be popular, we could be seeing the beginnings of a Guardians of the Galaxy sort of uh, universe of games coming out. And it looks like heck of fun. I think it's funny, though, some of the character design, specifically Star-Lord's character design, looks like they're trying to take a huge step away from... Uh, uh, Pratt, what, what's what's his name? That's <laughs> Star Star Lord Pratt. What was it? Uh, 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 Chris Pratt. I can't think of the word Chris. I was gonna call him Steve. Steve Pratt. I think the character design looks nothing like Chris Pratt. Um, you'll have to tell me what you think. So I think it's kind of interesting that they're stepping away from that. I don't know if that has anything to do with licensing or anything to do with the movies whatsoever. I don't know. I think that's kind of funny personally, but I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, and whether or not that's going to be popular because, again, single-player, single, single player, big universe, as well as uh, this new Avatar because Avatar is another huge franchise that I think has been a big uh, missed opportunity. There's a new Avatar co- game coming out. What's it called? Do we know? Hang on. I'm trying to look up. What's the name of this Avatar game? 
Can I get it, please? Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. That's the one. I knew I read it somewhere. That one looks like it could be interesting. Uh, there was another Avatar game that came out a while ago around the time of the first movie. That I think people said that they quite enjoyed. I kind of missed that entirely because I expected it to be terrible because it's a movie tie-in. But knowing how well the movie did and how much money there potentially is in the franchise, I mean, depending on how well this next game goes, I think there's a lot of opportunity for this sort of... Again, it'd probably be open world, I guess. Like, open world fantasy, but sci-fi. Like, open world sci-fi fantasy exploration game games? I, I don't know. I think there's a bunch of opportunity here for the entire planet of Pandora because it mish, mishmashes that sort of sci-fi because it's like in space, there's like battle mechs and stuff from the human side, but also kind of fantasy-esque in the sense of like the, the, the Pandorans are these basically elf stand-ins, right? These sort of this ancient race of people that are in tune with nature and fight with bows and and mount animals and stuff. So it's this mishmash of technology uh, that I feel like, especially if you're playing as a Pandoran or at least a, a Pandoran sympathizer or something on that side of, of the conflict, it opens up a lot of uh, potential strategy and how you combat the higher technology, potentially advantaged human race with all of their, again, battle mechs and, 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 helicopters and stuff i don't know it, it seems like something that there'd be a lot of potential for i'm imagining like i don't know uh horizon zero dawn but no no dinosaurs right <laughs> not the dinosaur thing is kind of what I'm, I'm i'm imagining imagine avatar imagine horizon zero dawn but avatar that's what i'm imagining and i feel like there would be potential there i don't really know that that's what this game is the reveal trailer i don't think showed us a ton but it's definitely there and I don't know, what else do I want to talk about? The new Battlefield or something? <laughs> it's going all all multiplayer, no single player. Um, that, I think, has been a long time coming, honestly. Uh, even, like, with things like Call of Duty, right? I think, I think Call of Duty did away with their single player a while ago, a couple games ago. Am I wrong about that? Did I make that up? I don't even know. I don't keep up with Call of Duty anymore. But the Battlefield one, I think they're going all multiplayer as well. But honestly, that's what the people buy those games for. I mean, really, uh, at least on a large scale. It's it's a shame to see the single-player stuff go, but honestly, other games can probably do single-player better. I think uh, these massive titans in the Call of Duty and Battlefield space, I think if they can move away from single-player, that opens up space for other studios to make their own single-player stories and that way st stand out from these other two titans. Something like um, Rainbow, Rainbow Six has a game coming out don't they they have like a pve uh rainbow six extraction that's right so there's an example of course rainbow six siege is the big multiplayer game that uh it's kind of a kind of boomed considering that when it originally released i think it flopped and then at some point patched itself updated itself or something and then kind of really boomed and uh came into its own uh, rainbow six extraction is coming out. i think it's a separate game it's not like an expansion i think it's a separate game Apparently, it was previously called Rainbow Six Quarantine. I wonder why they changed the name, if it has anything at all to do with the recent pandemic that we all went through, and they didn't want to be associated with that, or if uh, it was something else. Uh, it's an objective-based PvE game. 
So yeah, stuff like that. It, it opens up an opportunity for other games to try different stuff like that. Sea of Thieves is going to have uh, freaking Jack Sparrow in it. That's a random thing to throw in there. Um, I think that's about it. I, th I think that's about all the stuff that I particularly saw or cared about. It's the same stuff I feel like... Oh, Outer Worlds 2. Outer Worlds 2 is coming. I never played the original Outer Worlds. I wanted to. I wanted to pick that game up. I don't know why I never did. I was very interested in that. Of course, coming from um, Obsidian that did uh, Fallout New Vegas, which I love New Vegas. So I was looking forward to Outer Worlds being basically space Fallout from Obsidian, basically, kind of. Yes, maybe. Uh, Outer Worlds 2 is coming out. So apparently Outer Worlds 1 did well enough. Did they have some sort of, um, um, not scandal, but some kind of controversy or something where, like, didn't Out Outer Worlds came out on the Epic Games Store first on PC? I mean, I, I don't remember what came out when on the consoles, but they came out on the Epic Games Store first, and then for, like, ever, coming to Steam was, like, coming soon, but, like, with no release or something. I think they did eventually come to Steam, right? It was something like that. I I'm going to go look up Outer out out whew, i can't spell outer outer yeah the outer worlds it did come to steam eventually but i feel like at one point in time it took forever to come over and that was like kind of controversial or something so i don't know if we're going to see something like that again or not no actually uh oh wait yes no it won't be on the PlayStation. I just saw this. Actually, I didn't realize this. So, The Outer Worlds 2 will be exclusive to the Xbox Series X and S and PC. So, no PlayStation on that one. So, another kind of bummer <laughs> for me as someone I mean, I'll be playing if I play, I'll be playing on PC, but a bummer to see that it doesn't come to the PlayStation because of course, I've just been on the PlayStation side of the console wars since I was a wee lad. I mean, I remember picking up the original PlayStation 1. I remember I remember a time before the Xbox existed. So, yeah, you have to, you have to hand, you know, there's, that's why, <laughs> that's why I've been on that side. I've been long time loyal. I think that's just about everything. There were absolutely other game announcements. I think there were a number of smaller games and studios that uh, had announcements as well, but that's the, like the big stuff and kind of my take on it. Particularly, I'm looking forward to Elden Ring of, of everything there, Elden Ring. And then if I can convince myself to get a Switch, <laughs> Mario and Rabbids, <laughs> honestly, I think those are the biggest ones that I'm the most excited for coming out of E3. Other than that, uh, if nothing else, I'm going to continue getting my games over on Humble Bundle, where <laughs> I pick up a lot of my titles these days. So if you guys uh, enjoyed E3, let me know what you uh, are most excited about by hitting me up on Twitter at Weston Hasty. Use the hashtag Hasty Podcast. Let me know what you thought about E3 or this podcast or any of the episodes in general, and we can talk about them in a future episode. If you want to support the show for free, make sure if you're on YouTube to hit that like button and subscribe. If you're over on any other audio platform like Spotify, make sure you give the podcast a follow. Share with your friends. Tell your friends and family about the podcast. Help us grow. If you would like to support the channel financially with your money, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Weston Hasty. If you do so, Patrons receive access to an exclusive short little po bonus podcast episode once a week on Wednesdays called Wednesdays with Weston. You can have access to that. They, uh, of course, it's Wednesday today, so there will be one out on uh, Patreon right now if you become a supporter over there. But whatever you guys do, I want to thank you all so much for watching or listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do all the things. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. I'm out of here. Bye.